going on everybody welcome back to denim radio this is episode 025 yes our baby baby podcast is a quarter of a century old 25 of these puppies out there in the wild so go check them out but here we are i'm josh 25 and still alive i'm ty how's it going (laughs) yeah 25 living the dream yeah i'm doing well how are you doing doing great yeah it's uh we talk about it a little bit in this upcoming interview, but yeah, Western Canada and well, Western North America apparently has been smashed with a pretty fucking brutal polar vortex. And my God, it was like minus fucking 60 with the wind chill over the weekend here in, in Red Deer. And that was unbearable. I did not leave my house from, I, I left it once, I think on Friday to go get groceries that we ordered on Walmart. It's ripped. Or maybe that was Saturday. I just ripped there, grabbed them, and then came home. That was the only time I left. Stayed the fuck out of the outside because, my God, that sucked. But well, uh, I made good use of my time. I watched the latest season of Only Murders in the Building. <laughs> Ever watch that one? Uh, I think I saw the first couple. Is that with uh, Steve, Steve Martin there? Yeah, Steve Martin, Martin Short, and then that monotone girl that was dating Justin Bieber for a while. Just talks like this all the time. I think that's uh, Grimes. Grimes. <laughs> yeah. Elon Musk's wife. <laughs> Elon. <laughs> uh, fuck, I feel like a dick because I don't remember her name. No, Gomez. it's Selena. It, yeah, Selena. Selena Gomez. I don't I don't enjoy her acting that much, but anyways, the the show's good. I enjoy it. So and it's one that me and my wife can agree on. So we we powered through that while we froze our butts off in, in my basement for a couple nights, but yeah, how did you, you you manage all right in this brutal nine minus fifty weather? No, I did not manage all right. Uh, <laughs> I had work to do. I had plans in place, and on Friday, the cold came and killed my vehicle, my truck, uh, and I had to make several treks out into the frigid wilderness, walking up to fifteen minutes at a time. You know. Uh, to get beer, extension cords, cigarettes, things his, like these. So his dick froze clean off, folks at home. Clean off. It's gone. Right off. Right it's off. It's gone. He's body. a eunuch. He's like the it's dude on Game, Game of Thrones, Ferris. And he's got little birdies everywhere. So leave him alone. Just kidding. I'm sure your penis is intact. Don't give me a complex. I'll start an OnlyFans <laughs> next week. Don't even don't even test me. I gotta start calling you the Asher. <laughs> Hashtag the curse. <laughs> Hashtag micropenis. Not that we have anything against micropenises. If you have one, by all means, enjoy it. We're 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 at we're an equal opportunity loving podcast, so we shouldn't make fun of anybody's disabilities. So we're gonna go. We're gonna carry on, man. Uh, 
What's new in uh, Let's Go Land? You guys have been lying low since 2023, haven't you? Yeah, we've been writing some new music, looking at booking some shows for the new year. You know, it never ends. Once you start a band, it just never ends. Once you pop, you can't stop, man. No, nope. Once you pop, you can't stop. That's good. Look forward to hearing some new LG. That's what we call it in the biz. LG. <laughs> you can count on it. <laughs> Life's good. Yeah, cool. Um, I guess for in my neck of the woods, uh, well, high end denim records for uh, we we got some stuff. I mean, uh, Free Sergio as of today, they just dropped their album Nail and the Coffee, and it's a fucking banger. So we're finally finally starting to get some traction with their songs. I mean, they release kind of stuff around Christmas time and then New Year's time and then early January, and we're just having a fuck of a time getting any traction, and then. With their last single, it just really, uh, really clicked. So, starting to see them getting the the recognition and and streams they deserve because, like I said, it's a fucking awesome, awesome record. So I'm I'm stoked for everybody to to hear it because I mean you can yeah if you're listening to this now, go to your uh, platform of choice and and pop the record on because it's it's a banger. It's a hot record. It's just as hot as anything that's ever come out on High End Denim Records, and that's saying something. I will tell you, it's the best record to be released on our label in 2024. Hands down. Hands down. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> yeah, Sergio. Yeah, we've had some uh, some cool conversations with some bands, and it's looking like we're hopefully going to have some more company on the on the SS denim here. So, like, that's that's what we're trying to do is just, you know, keep keep the army building all across the world. And, you know, when then when Ty wants to head over to Europe or head down to the States and play. He's got label mates that want to do it. Right. So yeah, we'll have some exciting things to announce very, very soon. Very nice. Yeah, And I guess Ty was mocking me last time because my, my main, my main squeeze trashed ambulance uh, had an announcement and I didn't even mention it on the last podcast. It was nothing really that important. I don't know. People <laughs> probably don't even need to know about it. Probably not. But I mean, I, I would be remiss not to not to hype it a little bit, but yeah. So Trashed Ambulance, as you know, last year we we went international for the first time, went down to Costa Rica, played some shows with our buddies in Altercados and Punk Rock Meg helping out. And this year in March, we're going to be heading over to Japan for six shows in a week. So it's going to be an absolute whirlwind, complete chaos, and I'm here for it because I love that shit. So Japan. yeah. Japan. Shout out to Akira. You may recognize him in the band Stone Leak, and he's actually in a Canadian band out of Toronto called We Outspoken as well, which is pretty cool. And he runs a little promotion company called Pound Foolish Promote. And yeah, I reached out to him. Didn't, well, I was trying to, yeah, we, we, we've kind of had that itch to, I've never been to Japan, so I want to go. I'm like, you know what? They like punk music there. But I mean, they they were kind of like pretty, I mean, they're traditionally an isolated nation. That's kind of their thing for like a thousand years. They didn't let anybody else in or out for forever. But uh, basically where I'm going with this is through COVID, they were very, very cautious and they were not letting us dirty Westerners in for quite a while. Even when other places had opened their borders, they were, they were not letting anybody in. But now that we noticed bands were heading back over there. We we were reaching out for a while and then through friends, well, internet friends of ours, a band called Valve Drive, who actually we get to play with while we're in Tokyo. 
he he turned me on to Akira. Like I knew the band Stoneleak, but I didn't know that he was doing this. And yeah, got the dialogue going, and yeah, we're heading over there. So if you head over to our socials, you'll see a pinned tweet with all the dates. I mean, I don't know if we have any Japanese fans that are listening, but definitely uh, we're, we're we're down. So hopefully. Hopefully LG will be popping over there soon. <laughs> now get our foot in the door. Try we'll not see. to burn the place down. <laughs> you go bushwhack and whack that trail out with your mighty trash ambulance machete. And we'll come, we'll come rock the trail. And I mean, Stone Leak, and I'm sure all the bands you guys are will be playing with, but Stone Leak specifically, so fast, so sick. What a good band. I've been a fan of them for a while. Yeah, I've I've watched a couple live videos of them playing, and it's like they got all the energy jumping up and down like maniacs, but then shredding at the same time. It's it's a it's a sight to behold. So I know uh, Ozone was talking to I think it was one of the guys from Downway because they've they've been over there for shows and they were like, yeah, like we were the worst band by far in every bill. Like those Japanese skate punk bands are fucking intense and really good. I was like, yeah, but I mean, it's all it's all different flavor, right? But I guess it depends. You can get blown out of the water technically by bands but as long as you got cool songs and play them well to your best of your abilities i think it's people will like them not everybody needs to, to i think you guys love a good time it's unknown territory right like that's what, what it was like when you guys went to costa rica you know you didn't know what was waiting for you guys down there you kind of just and, and it's so funny too because you know when a when a band from another country comes it's like not you know we're not a band that has the hits that everybody knows down there so it was like you just see the people kind of just like eyeballing you for the first few songs and then they start dancing and then you throw in the cheap moves of playing the the classic covers and then fuck next thing you know there's 30 people on stage stealing the mic singing disconnected and you're worried that the stage is going to collapse because you're on the side of some friggin <laughs> yeah. hill with a drop off i don't know yeah, oh, yeah. Have, a, have a fun time man that's going to be great for you guys I, w- I wouldn't have it any other way man i love i love the mayhem but yeah we're seeing because like said got another kid on the way so i'm gonna have to we're thinking after this trip it'll be let's focus on getting a new album out for a while and then see where we're at once the kids get a bit older but yeah i'm I'm excited and would suggest you uh try to make some shit happen for yourself if you can in the future and beyond good yeah. idea. enough about me and my bullshit if anybody's interested they can go go to our uh actually i probably Put something about it on uh, High End Denim too, but you go to the Trash Diamonds Insta, you'll see it. But yeah, yeah check check out the High End Denim Records dot com website, and <laughs> podcast is available there, and all sorts of records and shows for bands on High End Denim. So, yeah, man, things things are happening. I miss January is always a little bit quiet, but won't be long before uh, shit's really kicking off. I know Trash's got some more shows too around here that'll be announced very soon, and. Yeah, I'm just trying to stay busy. Trying to stay busy. But yeah, we stayed busy today, didn't we? We did. We had a little uh, chatteroo with a super cool dude, Mr. John Wajnushki. They call him the Russian bear. Just kidding. He's it's he's a Polish heritage. Um, wicked dude, John. Um, plays in Sand Rider currently who by design are not super duper active. They're no longer road warriors, but in another life, he was in that band Akimbo and they, they tore up the, no, we'll get into it, but yeah, basically been over to Europe multiple times all over, uh, 
all over America. They they were tour. They were road dogs for for a decade. So lots of cool stories there. And John's band Sandrider kicks ass. I mean, you can go check them out right now before you hear the or, interview. Or, and they are heavy and awesome. Well, and he uh if he if he wouldn't have, we would have played a song, but he he chose one of their new tracks. So there you will go. be hearing them if you don't if you don't want to leave us. You feel comfortable in in Ty's metaphorical embrace, then stick around. You will hear that song very, very soon. <laughs> and uh, yeah. And then he also has a podcast, which the name is escaping me right now because <laughs> we're uh, winging this. I think it's tomorrow we die or something like that. But yeah, he's he explains the premise too. And it sounds really rad. I'm going to actually, I heard of it beforehand. I didn't have a chance to listen to it, but now it's on all my long drives I got for work. It's, 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 it's on the list of cool content to consume. So yeah, stick around. He'll we'll chat about that. But yeah, we we're super stoked at, at uh, getting this dude on the, on the show. He's kind of when we interviewed Dom Dobby there at the, Tsunami Bomb slash Alternative Tentacles. He's got a whole stable of bands that he could introduce us to. And this is the first one that we, that he set up for us. And yeah, we're, we're I don't know about you, but I'm super happy we did because super nice dude and very humble for the shit that he actually pulled off with his bands. Like, I know it's not a household name per se, but I mean, I would, I would take his, his resume in a heartbeat with what he was able to accomplish with his band. So Super cool. Very cool. And I wonder if we'll talk about no means now. <laughs> or the weather. Stick around. Some staples. It was like uh, when Ozone was on the show, you just, and even every time we do a, a podcast or whatever together, or what any sort of interview, he always has to talk about tooth and nail records. Just like, man, every single time you got to talk about tooth and nails, woo. It's all I know. So it's like you, I know no means no. I, I know weather. <laughs> we all have our comfort zones. And that, and that that's the thing. We're putting ourselves out there. So take it or leave it. <laughs> well, I'm taking it. I'm taking it to the bank. I'm taking it to the fucking end zone, baby. We're fucking in this. But yeah, let's let's get it going. Everybody's heard our voice enough. Uh, let you, do you got a song in mind you want to hear? Oh, yeah. Let me hear off the Houdini album by the Melvins. Copash. Hey, they might get mentioned. In the interview we'll see though we'll see seattle grungy shit we'll see we'll see never know never know but i just want to go on record saying sandrider is not a grunge band so get that garbage out of here <laughs> just kidding i don't think it's garbage but he's not a grunge band um yeah so for me i stumbled across these dudes the other day pretty interesting band so they're called tails with a z a z from the Pigs. Tales from the Pigs. So Tales from the Pigs is a Belgian rock band set to release their eponymous debut album on March 12th, 2023. The band came to life during the lockdown when Tommy Derulo De and Axel Deschonet decided to make music together. The duo penned their first track, Lucas Scott Movie. A few months later, the band had their first rehearsal with Raphael Devoust on drums and Sacha Perron on bass. The four members performed their inaugural concert on August 27, 2020 at Pro Music. And it goes on like this. But yeah, basically, yeah, they're a Belgian, Belgian uh, pop punk band. And the reason why I was attracted to this song, it's just like a, 
kind of like that fun. Like, like it sounds like a song that would be on like American Pie and like the turn of the millennium. Like, <laughs> but Scotty doesn't know vibes or what? Uh, yeah, you're not far off. That right. definitely that vibe, just okay. fun pop punk. But I just thought it was funny because they have a have a part where they go balls. <laughs> like that's like how they start the line. And I, I was just amused by it. So this song is called Atlas, and that's what I'm gonna play. So we're gonna hear some Melvins and Tales from the Pigs, and then you're gonna hear Mr. Sand Rider himself. Check it out. Hey, this is Tyler from Let's Go, and you're listening to Denim Radio.
Hey, what's up? This is Joel from Frank Dukes, Handheld, and those lovely boys in Boltergeist, and you are listening to Denim Radio, and blah, blah, blah. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Denim Radio. I'm Josh. Over there, we got Mr. Ty, Mr. Podcast himself, and we are pleased to welcome, I hope I get this right, all the way from Seattle, Washington, we got John Wisniewski from the band Sandrider. How's it going, buddy? Going well. A plus, 10 out of 10. You got it. You nailed it. That's I got me. it. Perfect. I was, a little, I was a little nervous. There's a lot of a lot of information for me to memorize in that 30 seconds that you gave me a quick briefing. But you know what? You're here. Yeah. We're, we could be more happy, man. How are you doing? I'm well. I'm doing well. It's um, where, are you, where are you all from? So we're actually in two different cities. I'm in Red Deer, Alberta, which we're going to okay. talk about because I think I you were up in this. We were. We were just up there. Yeah. yeah. And then... uh Ties over in Kamloops, or just outside of Kamloops, British Columbia. So, okay, just north okay. of you, apparently. Yeah, yeah. So you you are experiencing the Arctic front that we're having right now. I, is, I think we cold. probably all are. Yeah, it is cold as hell out here in Seattle, and it is uncharacteristic and kind of shitty. Yeah. yeah, starting at a boat. I don't know when this will go live, right? So, <laughs> for the sake of our listeners, about a week ago, a little over a week ago, it's just the temperature just plummeted so we're celsius boys so it was it was at night it was getting down to like minus 50 minus 57 with the wind chill like it was nuts i did not leave my house for like four days because didn't want to (laughs) yeah my my truck died on friday and i just got it running today which is monday so it was like (laughs) whatever four days stuck in the house couldn't leave it was i felt like we were fighting the elements like the ice was forming on the inside of my windows it was crazy you know cool well i had a pipe burst in my house and my whole bottom floor flooded so i literally was fighting the elements for about 45 minutes um but anyways here he is uh, taking a break to chat with us. Yeah, yeah. You bring me on your podcast and I start talking about the weather. So we're off to a great start here. <laughs> well, you know what? Longtime denim listeners are going to get a kick out of this because for the first time in the history of our show, a guest has brought up the weather in the first five minutes instead of us. So it's yeah, a good day. Yeah. It's a good day. <laughs> I'm just curious what how cold it actually is. Well, because you're all Fahrenheit down there. So I never Yeah, I don't know that. how to convert that shit. It's all it's all science it's cold. to me. But it's um <laughs> It's uncharacteristically cold. So it's in the the 20s down here, which is rough for Seattle. Yeah. I know that gets to a point where like Fahrenheit and and Celsius like meet a point. I can't remember when it is, though. Do you know? It's like 40 below or something. It's like the same for some reason. I don't know. I was just talking about this in Canada with our Canadian hosts. And I don't (laughs) remember. (laughs) I know people are always like, oh, you just got to divide it by 27 and the square root. Everyone's like. That's way yeah. too hard. No, that's old, why I old guys, 
Yeah, old guys, they got that shit on lock. They, they can, in no time flat, like miles and kilometers, they got it down. For anybody not experiencing this Arctic front right now, it's cold enough that when you go outside, the air burns your face. And mm-hmm. so it's just too cold. But we're almost through it, at least here where I'm at. Tomorrow it's cool. a balmy minus 14 degrees Celsius. So but that's yes. it. That's the show. Cool. Thanks for having me on, guys. All right. <laughs> See you later. It's been a good time. <laughs> awesome well since we alluded to it 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 is on my show notes you might as well just well first let's talk about sand rider yeah and what you do in the band and what it's all about uh i play guitar and i i do vocals along with uh jesse who also does vocals um i write some of the songs jesse writes some of the songs and um we play loud rock and roll uh i think that's the best way to characterize the music uh, lots of other people and, and and writers and bloggers and stuff throw all sorts of like fancy genres at it. And I, it's never, none of them have ever really like felt correct to me. And I just always feel like it's just loud rock. That's all it is. So that's what we do. You don't want to be pigeonholed. <laughs> it just doesn't seem right. Like, like stoner rock is one we get a lot. And um, I like stoner rock. I like a lot of stoner rock bands, but I don't feel like we play that music. Um, grunge is another one and like that that word feels gross to me like there's just so much so much other stuff aside from music associated with that label that i don't feel i don't feel that one either i don't know there's never been a grunge band from seattle though has i know right (laughs) (laughs) that's part of it right (laughs) so you you might know a thing or two about that about that genre to know you're not yeah part of it (laughs) yeah Well, and and also like all the bands that got labeled as grunge were already making really cool music before that was a label. So yeah. I don't, yeah, it's it's a label that was sort of manufactured and just sort of like placed upon a region and a style. But that style in that region was already doing really cool shit before that label ever came around. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So you are like based in Seattle. That's that's your home, your home base. Yeah, that's our that's our home base. It's where we've always been, and um. We're um we're probably more closely associated with our hometown than a lot of other bands because we don't really tour. We've never really toured. Um, but we were talking before we started recording. I used to be in a band called Akimbo with the drummer of Sandrider, who was also in Akimbo. Um, and we did a lot of touring. We toured as hard as we could for about a decade of our lives. Um, and Sandrider is the band that sort of came out of uh us kind of chilling out and moving into the next phases of our lives. Like we're, we're both dads now. Um, I have a career that I really like and yeah, we're, we're you know, we're boring like homeowners now. And so <laughs> we just kind of hang around Seattle and, and play music. Um, and that's not, it's never been a bad thing for us. It's actually been really nice and, and sort of like liberating to have a band that's just for the fun of it and just to play music with your friends. And there's no like, business or like air quotes work associated with it like we just do it um just because we love it and that's the only reason so that's good so yeah. I, so when you said you that you guys toured hard and i noticed that it said you guys had a pretty relentless tour schedule was it mainly just ripping around like the continental united states or were you going all over to other countries as well yeah we did we did europe like four or five times um one of our last tours was in japan um and yeah we did we did north america more times than i can remember even up to our frigid white north 
you know, we didn't get a lot of Canadian shows in there. We got turned away at the border a number of times. You know, we tried to get to Toronto like two or three times and always had border trouble. Um, we did play Vancouver a decent amount. Um, never got up to Calgary, Alberta. That's been a Sandrider special. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to talk about that more, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Well, yeah. fuck, we already did it. So actually, it's kind of funny because uh, as as the people that listen to the show know, we had um, Dominic from Tsunami Bomb slash Alternative Tentacles on the show a few weeks ago, maybe longer, I can't remember. But anyways, he's the one that kind of told us that you, you might be interested in coming on the show and kind of gave us the lowdown on your band. And then randomly, a different band that I sort of know from from Alberta was like, you know, how people, bands post their show posters. Yeah. It's like Sandrider. It's like, oh, is there two? And then I like look, it's like click on the Instagram. It's like no, that's it. Seattle. I'm like, what the fuck? And then I forgot <laughs> about it. Then I was like, oh yeah, this will work out good because I know they're coming up here. And then I looked just yesterday and it's like, oh, they already came. Fuck. Yeah. That <laughs> yeah, was last weekend. So I would have I would have loved to see that, but I uh yeah. So how it was just a one and done. They just fly in and where did you play? Yeah. Um Palomino. we played we played the Palomino Smokehouse in Calgary. Um, the, the person who owns that place, Arlen is a good friend of ours. Um, he's been a fan of the band ever since we started. He got in touch with us like over a decade ago. Um, and just wanted to see if we would fly up for a show. He, you know, covered plane tickets and hotels and just brought us up for a show. And we had a blast. He's a great person. Um, his whole community is full of great people. Uh, you know, people in, Calgary, they come out and party, come out and party really hard. Um, and so, yeah, we had a great time. And then like a year or two went by and he, came, he flew us up again. We had another good time. And then the <laughs> third time, and it was also very good. <laughs> so it's kind of just become a thing. Like every now and then he'll just, uh, you know, he'll get a bee in his bonnet to, to bring us up there and, and play a show. And we always say yes. Awesome. Do you normally play with the same bands or does he just set that up and you guys just show up and rock? Yeah, out? you know, for a while we were playing with the same bands every single time and they were great bands. But I think on the, the third show that we went up there, we said, hey, we'd like to see some other bands from town, you know, <laughs> put some other bands on the bill. And, and so he did. Um, and then, yeah, this this time we played with uh, bands we'd never seen or heard before. Um, some pretty cool, cool bands, a local band called uh, Iron Tusk. They're really cool. Um, right. and then, uh, a band from Edmonton called, uh, I always get it mixed up. So I think it was Takara, 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 something like that. The okay. reason I get it mixed up and this is no, no slight on them because they were killer dudes and a killer band. Um, Akimbo used to play with a band called Takaru and I have a, like old show posters from our tours. And so I've seen this band named Takaru and it's like blasted into my mind and they have a band name that's very similar to that. And I, <laughs> can't sort it out like it's just too many t's and k's and r's in my mind you know what man if if they're really cool they would just change their band name you know <laughs> change it to takaru for you yeah just for me yeah 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 <laughs> i don't know i don't recognize that band but there's so many edmonton and calgary i guess they're not big for american standards but you know there's over a million people in both of those cities yeah. so it's hard to know all the bands that's for sure yeah. you know quite a few of them in the punk and punk adjacent world but Totally. Seems like there's 13 new ones that pop up every week, and yeah, they were more of like a like a really slow sludgy doom metal situation. So I don't know uh, if that's on your radar at all. That might be why you never heard of them. Yeah, like 
they I wouldn't have probably crossed paths with them, but yeah, or went or went to that show on purpose. But <laughs> I'm glad they're having fun and you enjoyed their stuff. Mm-hmm. That's good stuff. Yeah, like <laughs> I guess that was going to be a question too that I had is you know you don't you said you're kind of a undefinable band as far as genres <laughs> go. So like when you would do these tours, you do these shows. Like who do you find yourself? playing with like do you play with a lot of punk bands you fit in with punk bands or you stick to more rock or you know we don't actually end up playing with a lot of punk bands this we usually get put on bills with like more heavy bands um which is fine i like it all we did um we did do a fly-in down to san francisco to play an alternative tentacle showcase um and we played with uh what is it dfmk that band they're on at they're they're very much a punk band and they were they were super good okay. um is that the Krampus or Krampus Fest or whatever? No, it was not that oh. one. It was the um. There's uh God. I'm just like, I'm just annihilating all the names of everything that <laughs> happened right now. It Don't was make me uh, name bands. <laughs> the John Waters Festival that they had down there in San Francisco. A bunch of bands played. Um, At was hosting an after party and they had us come down and play that one. So, oh, that's cool. Yeah, John Waters. Are we talking like the director or is this like yeah, a musical guy? Like, he was like curating the fest. Like his name was all over the, the festival. Oh, that's cool. That's yeah. a, that's a, that's a guy that many of us hold near and dear to our hearts from the eighties yeah, yeah, and nineties. Right. Yeah. He's great. That's cool. Um, I was checking out some footage of, of Sandrider and I was watching a live performance you guys did that was posted, I think like over 10 years ago. Is that right? Like how long have you guys <laughs> yeah. been a band? Have you been a band for over a decade or? Yeah, we have, we actually, um, we're so chill about our band that we like missed our 10 year anniversary. It just like <laughs> went by. We don't like keep track of when we started or how many years it's been. And then at some point, I think it was, I don't remember how somebody asked how long we'd been a band. And I kind of did the math and I realized we'd been a band for like 12 years at that point. I was like, Oh shit, we missed our 10 year anniversary, <laughs> <laughs> which, you know, it's kind of similar to being married for me. Um, really bad with dates and anniversaries. Um, but yeah, shit, man. I think our, I think our first, I think we recorded our first album in 2007, which means that we were at least playing in 2006. But we didn't do shows for a long time. We were a band that just like, like I said at the beginning, we just played for fun. Just, just three guys in a practice space just playing songs, and like, playing shows or releasing records wasn't really a thing that we were trying to do for a, a while. Um, we kind of needed some some people in the scene to sort of like tap us on the shoulder and ask us to play shows and ask us to do a record before we really got to thinking about the band at that level. Are are you guys on AT now? Um, we have a release coming out with AT. Nothing's been signed. It's all just been conversational. Um, we've talked about doing more stuff with them, but it's just been a talk at this point. Like nothing has really come from that. Um. We are also working closely with a local label here that just started called Satanic Royalty Records. Um, and they are, uh, they are working super hard. They came blasting out of the gate like two years ago, signed a bunch of local bands. Um, Michael Freiberger, who runs the label, has been working super hard, just trying to, trying to basically like put a dent in the metal and punk scene, um, for Seattle and Seattle bands. So it's been, wonderful working with him it's been cool working with alternative tentacles again too so 
So you said that the drummer in Sandrider was also in Akimbo with mm-hmm. you, correct? So how what yeah. was the like was there any overlap or was it like you guys are sitting around for a while after the other band ended yeah. and we're like, let's let's just jam and then it turned into this? Is that how it went? Yeah, down? there's a there's a, a a fair amount of overlap actually. So I played bass in Akimbo and um but I learned to play music on a guitar and I played guitar in bands before I switched to bass. Um, so towards the end of Akimbo, I was kind of like getting an itch to play guitar again. Um, and I was kind of feeling burnt out from Akimbo. Like we were touring really hard. We were making a lot of records. We were practicing a lot. Um, and it was just, yeah, it was just burning out. It was, it was a lot. And so I kind of just wanted to like, I was like, I, I just kind of play guitar, have it be real chill. And so it just started like just me and Nat, the drummer, sort of meeting up at the practice space every now and then and just, you know, playing some riffs and just having fun. Um, and then, yeah, we slowly kind of built on that, like added a bass player, wrote more songs, started playing shows. And this is all happening while Akimbo is still like in its final couple of years. Um, so, yeah, there's there's a bunch of overlap. And then um, Akimbo stopped playing um, for like undramatic reasons. Uh, and Sandrider was going. So we're just kind of like, OK, I guess we'll just do this now instead of that. Because that's what you were doing, and the other one ended. All right, yeah, we'll yeah. focus yeah, up one, more on this, I guess. Yeah, basically, uh, won't need this anymore. Chuck's his bass in the ocean. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, guitar player of Akimbo left, and and we didn't want to find another guitar player. That was it. It was like more laziness than anything else. It was like, well, we could just do this other band. It's easy. Let's just do that. <laughs> you just pulled the Stratocaster out from under the case, from under the bed, and you're ready to do it, eh? That's right. I had it in a in a little little sheath in my sock. it's like a police baton it just expands when you need it exactly (laughs) so how did this original relationship with alternative tentacles come to be then because this goes back decades at this point then correct yeah yeah that um it started with akimbo um it's a fun story um so akimbo was (laughs) i'll try and tell the like the not ridiculously long version but i tend to rabbit hole so we might be here for a bit okay so (laughs) Akimbo was on tour. We had an on a national tour. Um, and we were in like the the northeast area. Um, we're in Pittsburgh, Philly, somewhere around there. Um, we weren't in Pittsburgh yet. So but we we play a show and basically our 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 show the next day falls through. So we don't have a show to play. Akimbo's very like we didn't handle days off well. Like we always wanted to be working. We always wanted to be playing. Um, and I think at my age now, if a show were to fall through and it'd be like, well, we don't have to go to some shitty club and play for nobody and stay <laughs> up really late and be tired. We can just watch movies all day. I'd be really happy about that. But in my twenties, that was like unacceptable. It was not an option at all. Like we had to play a show. So we had known for a while that we were sort of circulating on tour in the same area ish as the Melvins. Um, and that our drummer used to play in a band called the type Rose from way back when that had a whole bunch of people in the band that were friends with and knew the Melvins very well because Dale Crover stepped in for Nat before he joined the band. So there's a lot of Melvins crossover um, with that previous band and that previous relationship. Um, but Nat and him weren't necessarily like super tight but they knew of each other. Um, so we lose a show and um, 
we see that the Melvins are playing like in Pittsburgh, which is like just a couple hours away from where we are. And so Hail Mary pass, Nat gets on the phone, calls a few people, gets Dale Crover's email or phone number or something, and just like cold calls them and just like, hey, can we play your show? And if not, can we just get on the guest list and come watch it? <laughs> um, we don't hear anything from him. We go to bed, wake up the next morning, and he's got an email from Dale Crover with his phone number, and he calls him. And Dale's like, did you get my call? And he's like, no, I didn't you call. He's just like, yeah, come to the show. It load-ins in like three hours or whatever. So we're like, fuck. So we, we leave this dude's apartment. We blast over to Pittsburgh. We get to the show. This is crazy. Like, this is crazy for us at this time. Like, Akimbo does not open for the Melvins at this point in our in our lives. And so so we load in and we're just like sitting around watching them do sound check. And the Melvins do their sound check. It's wonderful, as you imagine it would be. And then um towards the end of their sound check, Buzz is like, Hey, should we have Jello come down and practice a couple songs? And the opera comes down from backstage and they start ripping into some dead Kennedy songs. And like I was Nat and I are like very old Dead Kennedys fans, like from when we were like kids, right? And we are just like shitting ourselves. We're losing it. Like, oh my God, that's fucking Jellyby Opera. And he's playing California Uberalis with the fucking Melvins right now. Like, what is happening? And uh, you're playing this show now. Yeah, we're opening this fucking show. We had like no idea any of this was happening. And this was the year before that Jello started doing albums with the Melvins on Alternative Tentacles. So they were just like warming up that whole situation there. Uh, so that was just that was just fucking crazy and cool. And then, um, and then yeah, so we play our set. Um, I don't remember Jello watching us, but apparently he did, and he really liked it. And he came up to us after the show, and he was like, "Hey, you should um, send some send some albums to the label and just address it to me." And he gave us the PO box for the label. Like, okay, so we just put some some vinyl in the mail for him, and thought that was that. Um, and then you know, Jello and the Melvins do a record. And then they come through Seattle, and lo and behold, we get a call from the venue that they're playing. It's like, hey, Jello wants you guys to open the show. We're like, oh, shit, okay, yeah, yes, okay. Um, <laughs> I guess they, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, and then, yeah, that night, uh, he, he basically was like, hey, we should do some records together. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of how it came about. It was like total accident, random stroke of luck. And, yeah, it, it was, we ended up doing shit, I think four albums with AT, five if you count, a repress of one of our old albums they did. So yeah. Total accident in the sense that y'all honed your craft for like 20 to 30 years, worked on it, toured extensively, and yeah, then, you yeah. know, it was just luck. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, yeah. It was, it, but it kind of was, though. Like, yeah. a, a thing I've always felt about, like, you know, I'm doing air quotes here, but like, success, you know, or like, like people getting opportunities like that is, <laughs> like, being a good band just buys you a lottery ticket. That's all it does, right? Like if you're mm. if you're in a band that's good, like all you are is just like now you're just in a sea of other bands that are also very good waiting for a lucky moment. So you moved up out of the like okay band pool, which is right. like I guess relatively easier to do well in into the pool of good bands. And it's like, yeah. oh no. Yeah. <laughs> now we got we got real competition. I, I've I've definitely sent out Hail Marys like that that have went 
unresponded to. So I, yeah. I get you, I get why you're saying that it was lucky in the way that the dude's like, oh, sure. Let's have this. I get on. it too. I get it too. I'm just trying to give you some credit. Oh, of course. <laughs> but uh, before we go going, let's, uh, let's take a quick musical break. So okay. I think you got some songs you'd like to hear. So let's hear it. I don't know. Maybe we just play a Sandwriter song. I feel like that's, that's easy since I'm not ready for anything. You can think about it in the second portion in the back of your mind you can yeah okay let's do um let's do aviary which is the song one of the songs off any single with alternative tentacles all right check it out
back. All right, you got. So uh, correct me if I'm wrong. There's you said is this like a seven inch that you guys put out with? Is there there's is this the one with bay? What is it called? Baleen or is that a Baleen and Aviary? Yeah. Yeah. So they're just two two tracks. You want to talk yep. about that a little bit? Uh, sure. Yeah. We um we we kind of so we recorded those tracks at the same time we did our new album in Bellatration. Um, and at the time of the recording, we had already had a sort of a, a verbal agreement with AT that we were going to do something. So we we pulled the we pulled two. We didn't know which two, but we after we heard the whole record, we were like, oh, okay, these these two feel like they you know hold their own. Um, not with a whole album. So we pulled those two. Uh, I'm pretty stoked with both of them. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like they're, they're bandwriter songs. <laughs> <laughs> you recorded right in Seattle. Yeah, yeah. We've been recording with um, the engineer Matt Bayless uh, for the whole band's career. Um, feel very lucky that we live in the same town as him, and that we can just call him up and see if he's available. Um, he's he's a legendary record producer, audio engineer for a reason. I think all of his stuff sounds incredible. Uh, he's worked with some really really cool bands, and um, yeah, over those over the course of those records, I, you know, we've gotten to be pretty good friends with him. And so yeah. No reason to look elsewhere. He's he's our man. Yeah, I was gonna say it sounds sounds amazing. Thank you. That's all yeah. him. <laughs> <laughs> all him. Yeah. Going going back to uh, Norm. What? Sorry, was it? What's the, your drummer's name again? Nat. Nat. Sorry. But going you back can to call him Norm though. Okay. Norman. Storm and Norman. <laughs> yeah. Go Love going back to Norm. Yeah. Let's um, talk about Norm. <laughs> You know, I, I was checking out your band and uh, really enjoying it. And when I watched uh, Nat play drums, I got this feeling in my stomach that I used to get when I listened to Cope Pash album by Melvin's and just yeah. the halftime, just brutal, hard drum playing, simplistic, effective, so good. So um, it's... It excites and titillates me to know that there was actually some Melvins in the Sand Rider stew, like you guys played together. And, oh yeah. Uh, so that's just a compliment to him. Just want to oh, yeah. throw that out there. Yeah. Um, Norm and I met in high school. Um, we've been <laughs> like best buds for most of our lives. Um, I can't imagine playing music with a different drummer. Um, so yeah, he's he's like the 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 brother that was not born into my family. Um, and yeah, like when. You know, when when I wanted to start playing guitar during Akimbo, but I was still playing in Akimbo with Norm, like I wouldn't have asked another drummer to to play, right? It's just like mm-hmm. obviously, like I'm Marty in a band with like my favorite fucking drummer. Like, why would I ask anyone else? So yeah, no, Norm's a total beast. He's real good. That's so amazing. And that's what all the best bands have in common. They either have two brothers in the band or two guys that started playing together in high school. That's what yeah. all the best bands have in common, man. <laughs> So you're able to lock in, like obviously when you were the rhythm section of your last band, mm-hmm. the bass and drums, and you guys aren't just doing the normal four, whatever you call that, whatever, just normal, normal punk beats. You guys are kind of doing the crazy timing and stuff, right? I don't know. It might, it might sound like crazy timing to most people, but like we, we write songs that feel really easy for us to play. Um, and I think it's a lot of that is because we've been playing together for so long, but, um, yeah, it's, it's gotten to the point now where, um, like I can, I can write a guitar part without, I just write it alone in my room and I already know what Norm is going to do. 
when I bring it into the room, right? Sometimes, sometimes he surprises me and it's like something that I didn't quite think, but it's really easy to adapt because we know each other's playing styles so well. Um, so yeah. Uh, yeah, that's interesting. Um, that, cause I, it just sounds like, <laughs> I don't think of it as sounding like complicated or like off time or anything like that. I, th I always think of it as like, no, we're just going to do the most simple fucking easy thing that we know how to do together because I know that kicks ass. And like, I don't want to try and write like a crazy weird mathy part or a part that's got like, oh no, you count to three, but this part, this time count to seven. And then it's like at four and a half is then you change this other thing and do this accent here. Like that, that movie, that music is cool. And I appreciate it when other bands do it. But for me, it feels like a fool's errand when I can just write a really, really kick-ass riff. And I know Norm is just going to like, you know, crank it and it's going to go really well. So like it, the music just feels really easy and simple to me. And that's how I like it. Maybe it's just like the syncopation or something. There's something that's not like just your normal run of the mill rock song. When I listen yeah. to his music, like both bands, like it's, yeah, maybe you just don't even realize that you're <laughs> like, it's that's definitely cool. a unique, I think it's a unique style. I don't know how Ty listens to a lot more broad styles of music than I do. So maybe he's like, you idiot. So it all goes. <laughs> that's stoner jazz you, fusion. You sludge dummy. This is black and sludge, uh, rain boot, fucking <laughs> pop rock. Yeah. Rain boot? Is that actually a thing? I think that, <laughs> I think it's so awesome that you're not willing to pigeonhole your sound into a three-word sound bite. Um, <laughs> because it means that you're writing music from your heart and you're not trying to be this or trying to be that. And you know uh, th that's just cool that's just cool man that's cool thanks i think it's i i think it's super cool that um it doesn't sound simple to you all because doesn't me, it, it all me so all. simple and, and easy and um so that that's actually a huge confidence boost for me <laughs> maybe all you're right. just really good John. <laughs> <laughs> I, can't, I, I just play power chords and i play guitar so i don't understand wait wait till the end of the episodes when i when i get all your tunings and steal all your there you stuff. go there you go <laughs> sorry just sorry josh you play yeah you play punk rock you play the the power chord stuff build me <laughs> up so you can break me down i see how it's going <laughs> two compliments and then a fucking neg yeah the old we do it here at, yeah the shit sandwich. sandwich you're <laughs> listening to <laughs> denim radio and this is the shit sandwich <laughs> never never <laughs> So, um, so Wikipedia tells me mm. you guys' most prolific, maybe that wasn't the word they wrote, but back in your Akimbo days, yeah, it was uh, kind of like a like a concept album about people getting eaten by sharks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we did, we, how we did, did that? How did that come about? And like, what was that like? I've always wanted to do a concept album. I've always just I realized I don't have the that's have it. the ambition, but. No, that's it. That's all it was. It was just like, I'd always wanted to do a concept album. That's it. And then <laughs> there's like some these like boxes we all want to check before we're done being like losers, right? And so uh, <laughs> I think it was, I was reading a book in the tour van and I got hit with inspiration. I was like, oh, this would make a great concept for a concept album. And we were, we were already planning on writing a follow-up EP to our next album. And I was like, oh, we could just do like a six song EP that's a concept record um, based on this thing. And so that ended up being the plan. So for, the, yeah, that, for, the, for the folks at home, they might as well explain what, what the story is, because it's a true story, yeah. right? Yeah. 
so the the concept album was called Jersey Shores, and we titled it Jersey Shores before the TV show. I was going to say, I don't know if you, yeah, I don't know if, if that ever made it up to Canada. If it didn't, you're, <laughs> yes, you're better definitely. for it. Um, but I, yeah, it was like shortly after that record came out, the show came out, and then we got all that. Oh man, this is, the, <laughs> this is my least favorite question. There's like there's questions you get on tour that are just like so fucking exhausting like oh you're from seattle do you know kurt cobain <laughs> oh like okay that. i'm gonna scratch off another yeah. one of my questions <laughs> one off, um and yeah jersey shore was like oh that album about the show like that's another one that we got um so anyways the um the concept of the album is a true story about a bizarre series of shark attacks that happened off the jersey shore around the time of World War One, And it's a really, really interesting story because it doesn't really make sense with a lot of like what we know about marine biology now. And it's sort of amplified. The weirdness is amplified by a lot of the like local theories at the time because World War One was spinning up and people thought it might have been like biological warfare from the Germans were sending like monster sharks over to terrorize our beaches and stuff Nazi like Nazi sharks. That. Yep. Wasn't Nazis yet though. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Whoops. Go on. <laughs> I'm dumb. There you go. There you have it. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yeah. It was just a. It's just a really cool, interesting story. And then all that aside, like the shark attacks themselves happen to be pretty dramatic, as one would assume the shark attack mm-hmm. would be. Um, but when you read about them, the book I read was called Twelve Days of Terror, and I highly recommend it. It's a very good book. Um, but yeah. So that was sort of the idea, and we did that record, and um, yeah, that one came out initially on Neurot recording. So that was uh, put out with the help of the neurosis people, um, and then some things sort of like went awry with our relations with them. Not by anyone's fault. It was just a very interesting time in Neurot's history, um, and they had kind of promised us CD and vinyl, but they only ever made a CD. And uh, we never had vinyl press. Um, and we were still on good terms with Alternative Tentacles. So we just said, hey, you guys want the vinyl? And Jello was enthusiastic. He said, yes, let's do vinyl. So, what, what year was this when this all came out? Oh, man. 2008, maybe? Like, when did, did you notice that vinyl really started, like, becoming a big thing again? I'm just trying to, like, piece that together. Cause... Oh, when did I notice? Because when we were touring, we'd sell way more CDs than vinyl. In the 90s, right? Yeah. In early 2000s. Mm -hmm. um, But you had vinyls then. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we always had vinyl, but um, our CDs always sold better. Um, I just didn't know if people stopped making them for a while. Like, bands realized it wasn't practical or whatever, but you still, you just always had them. That's cool. Yeah, and then when Sandwriter started, we weren't like, we didn't really take ourselves seriously. Like we weren't trying to make money at shows and none of us really like CDs. So we never like, we're not going to make CDs, uh, but we love vinyl. So we'll press vinyl. And then that's always done really well for us. So yeah, I don't know. I I feel like 2018, the big boom started happening. And I even feel like over, uh, what are they called? Las Plagas. Uh, Oh, what's that word? Uh, over the pandy, over the yes. pandy, I feel like because vinyl was so scarce, it even yeah. created more lust for it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And then like, like department stores started like pressing vinyl and stuff. Like 
you can buy vinyl at like Target now. And I, I was gonna say if uh, if you had had your CDs in like HMV and Walmart and around when uh, the Jersey Shore Shores album came out, maybe there would have been some like uh, overlap with people just quickly buying something that said Jersey Shore. Maybe you could have maybe you could have had a bunch of money just for having a similar. That would have been awesome. You know, way yeah. back in the day, but. You only got the negative shitty people. <laughs> yeah. You only got the negative aspects of it. I know, right? To be yeah. fair, your name has a plural, right? And I think the show was Jersey Shore, not Shores. I, yeah. Yeah. I so, think so if anybody doesn't know the difference, then that's their own fault for being there. Dumbass. You go. But I was I didn't even cross my mind to ask that question, just so you know. <laughs> you know what's super crazy? I had something planned for later in the show that I'm that I'm not gonna do anymore, but it literally involved shark attacks. Yes. And I did I did not know about the this concept album that your band wrote. And I just think it's crazy that I had this whole shark attack thing planned. Oh, and I didn't even know. Attack. Why can't oh, we do it? <laughs> we can do it. We we, can, we we'll we'll go over it. We'll go over it. Yeah. Oh, okay, so like I've been like you know how when we're all kids and we get obsessed with little kid stuff, right? Like every kid loves dinosaurs and like trucks or like horses and stuff like that. Like mm -hmm. when I was a kid, I was obsessed with sharks and it never went away. I've been obsessed with sharks my whole life. It's one of the reasons that 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 album happened. I've got sharks tattooed all over my fucking body. I'm a total nerd when it comes to that shit. So I would love to talk about shark attacks. Okay, you want to talk about Jaws too? <laughs> I mean, we can talk about Jaws too. You know, yeah. the the shark wasn't named Jaws. He was actually named Herbie. Okay, Jaws is not the shark. The shark's name is oh, Herbie. Bruce. Was it Bruce? Oh, yeah, yeah, Bruce. There you go. Yeah, yeah, Bruce. <laughs> I don't know, actually. <laughs> actually, Jaws monster. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> well, now we got to play the shark game. I think everyone's just on the. Let's do it. Edge of their seat. <laughs> You're it's not, not ready. A, it's not a whole shark game. Okay. <laughs> I prepared two kind of games. And okay. the, fir the first game was lame. So I kind of just threw it out the window. But the first game was the one that had the shark thing in it. So I'll, I'll, we'll just run down through the first one real quick. Okay. This was so lame. I ditched it. It wasn't supposed to be in the show. But since you asked, it's about Vancouver versus Seattle. So Vancouver, BC versus Seattle, Washington. So okay. um, I'm just going to ask you some questions, John. Okay. Uh, you answer them to the best of your ability. You've not taken any performance enhancing drugs tonight? No. Okay. So what city has the largest population? Vancouver or Seattle? Vancouver. Incorrect. Vancouver, 2.4 million. Seattle, 4.1 million. Damn. This includes close. the greater areas. Greater I'm areas. Close. Okay. Um, which city was established first? Vancouver, BC, or Seattle, Washington? Seattle? Seattle was established in 1851 as opposed to Vancouver's 1886. You are correct. All right. So, which city is more dangerous? Who had more murders in 2023? Oh, shit. Uh, I'm going to say Seattle. Seattle had 72, and Vancouver, edging it out, had 73 edging. murders. Oh, damn. Which is astonishing considering your city is twice the size of Vancouver that we had one more murder than you. Yeah. So watch your watch your back in Vancouver. I feel and I feel like that subverts a lot of like expectations about Canada versus America, right? It does. It honestly does because you guys catch a lot of shit. So there's we got a lot of guns and <laughs> yeah, you guys got guns there. We don't. We don't have yeah. guns, man. We got like zip guns. People they they three D print them and shit. They only work for one shot. They suck. Yeah. Okay, so which city is hornier? As in, who has more brothels? 
Ooh, Vancouver. Vancouver has 17 brothels. Seattle has 12. This is according to sexadvisor.com, and this only includes full-fledged brothels and does not account for erotic massage or rub and tub. Okay. <laughs> okay, so here we come to the shark part. All right. Who had the last shark attack, Vancouver or Seattle? Oh, man. I don't feel well-equipped because I don't know enough about Vancouver beach life or ocean life. Uh, I'm going to say Vancouver. Last recorded shark attack in Vancouver was in 1925 in the Burrard Inlet. Although there are sharks in the Puget Sound, up to 10 species, I could not find a record of a shark attack happening in Seattle specifically ever. So, Vancouver, last shark attack. Because like nowhere to swim in the sand. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense then. Yeah. Okay, that that was it. Cool. <laughs> Man. That wasn't so bad. You made it sound yeah. like it was the worst. I was engaged. He was just trying to get you to talk shit about Vancouver so he could mouth off because he's a BC guy. I like Vancouver. <laughs> cool. I do enjoy mouthing off. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, let's take another little musical break. All right. Did you have time to think? While we yeah. Were the yeah, actually, um, I was thinking about this one earlier today. Um, uh, and I promise. I didn't know that y'all were from Canada, um, but one of my favorite bands of all time is No Means No. We've talked about, um, in fact, I will say my actual favorite band of all time, not one of, my actual favorite band of all time is No Means No. We talked about all the best bands have brothers, correct? Um, they're from Victoria, so close, yes. to, close to Vancouver, but not. Rob and John not, Wright. Yep, yep, the Wright brothers. Um, I just read their book, which came out, which is really good. There's a book? Yeah, yeah. It's not written by them, but but basically a guy put together like a comprehensive history of the band um, with a ton of interviews with all the members of the band and all the people who were like, you know, involved with the band to various levels. Um, it also is a, gives you a really good look at the punk scene in like Victoria and Vancouver, like a lot of, a lot of stuff about DOA and a lot of stuff mm -hmm. about, you know, um, just a bunch of the bands and and stuff that was happening around this. So the, the book is fantastic. Um, and then, yeah, No Means No is, I think, uh, in my opinion, the best band that's ever been. Um, I have a favorite album of theirs. The song I'm going to pick is not on that album. It's on everyone else's favorite album, which is Wrong, which is mm -hmm. the one everyone says is, is the best. Um, I think album-wise, Wrong is not my favorite, but I think if you were to ask me to play one song to convince someone that No Means No is a great band, I would play It's Catching Up, the first track off of Wrong. It's just like maybe the best punk song ever. It's so fucking good. So let's play that song. All right, here we go. No Means No.
and we're back. And yes, I know, you know, you folks that listen, you know, Ty, as soon as you heard no means no get mentioned, he was <laughs> rock hard. So I'm going to let him take the mic because I know he's got questions. So yeah, no, Go that's ahead. awesome. That's awesome that you got your book already. Uh, From Obscurity to Oblivion by Jason Lamb, I believe is the book. Yeah, um, I can't wait to read it. Did you get the soft hardcover or Kindle? I got the soft cover. I didn't know there was options i just um <laughs> like i'm such a super fan that i saw it was out and i just clicked the button and bought it as soon as i could that's amazing so, yeah, yeah no, it just showed up and i was like yes <laughs> i can't wait to read that and i think you picked a great entry point from wrong it's catching up first track it's a banger um mm -hmm. but if i could just press a little more and you said yeah. that's not your favorite no means no album so which one is it's got to be sex man Sex Mad, okay. So that's yeah. the one. It's got Sex Mad on it, on it obviously. The yeah, song. it's got Dad. So it starts out with Sex Mad. So, and also, I don't know if it's why I like this one the best, but it was the first of theirs I got. Um, so it's like the one I like listened to the most just because it's the one I've had the longest. Um, but I do think it's my favorite. So it opens with Sex Mad, which is like, okay. So also, let me set the stage. So um, <laughs> like I said earlier, uh, I grew up on the Dead Kennedys. And like loving the dead Kennedys as a young teenager. And back in the day, you'd like alternative tentacles was so good about marketing. Like you'd buy a dead Kennedy CD and the fucker was so fat. And you're like, why is this CD so fat and heavy? And you take it home, you pull the plastic off and you open it up. And there's this folded up paper catalog in there that is thick as hell. And you like unfold it. And it's like poster size with teeny tiny little squares of, a whole alternative tentacles catalog and this is like back in the day before internet before you can like stream music right so just as a young kid getting into punk rock it, it's almost like one of those yeah. like in jail when they write the notes they write super <laughs> tiny so like you can read everything right <laughs> totally yeah and it's just like it, it's just like a map for a young kid who's like learning about music like here's here's a bunch of shit that you're probably gonna like right and i remember seeing the name no means no like all over that catalog and and then buying a record um buying a cd a used cd at a store one day and it was sex mad um i think it was just because the cheapest one they had and i didn't have a ton of money at the time um and i remember putting it on and at first being really really like weirded out by it because i was expecting like you know dead kennedys or doa or something very traditional um what we now consider like traditional punk or hardcore um and like not being able to like figure it out for a while and like sex mad plays i'm like that's a really driving intense song but it's not like anything you've ever heard um and then dad kicks in which is a very like traditional song it's like oh i get this um musically this is very easy to understand but the lyrics are so fucking confronting and make you really uncomfortable it's like here's the song straight up about sexual abuse from a kid's point of view and it's like re like it gives you chills when you listen to it and so it's like this like one two punch and then it goes into the next song which is like this weird like instrumental like prog song and then it goes into dead bob which is another like super weird prog song that is like doesn't even make sense for most of it but then at the end like the final minute of that song it's like they've just been like shaking you around and you're like what's happening and then the last minute of that song, there's like, damn, fuck you. <laughs> like, God, what a crazy, weird band. 
Um, and then I bought a couple of their uh, of their albums as well. But it wasn't until they weren't my favorite band of all time until I saw them. They came through Seattle in the late '90s. Um, I mean, they came through Seattle all the time. But I first caught them in the late '90s, and um, yeah, it it changed my life. Literally changed my life. That's that was the moment I stopped playing guitar and started playing bass. I was like, oh, bass can sound like that. Okay. Wow. And then I started playing bass, and that's what started Akimbo, which was like the next you know 12, 13 years of my life. It's like they literally changed my life. That's why you're talking to us right now. Yeah. Same skis. I I swear I swear though, if if you guys don't hear from me tomorrow, it's because Josh killed me for talking about no means nor with our guests again. Yeah, no, this is the episode. I don't mind talking about them. I don't know as much time. as you do about them. I I like them. I've seen them and I understand they're Canadian legends, but I just don't have the deep, deep knowledge that you have. Uh you know, you know, John, I love me some of course, small parts isolated and destroyed. You know, mm-hmm. there's some of the headier stuff like Dance of the Headless Bourgeoisie that yep. I love. But for me, all-time favorite, and I might be biased because I did have it on vinyl and really enjoyed it, was a uh, one. Uh, oh, my God. What a great record. Yeah. It's got Under the Sea and the phone call on it. And, like, the phone call to me is, I know it's not typical of No Means No, but it's just so creepy and and visceral and it's one of my favorites like an eight minute song or something about a phone stalker like who does yeah. that <laughs> and it's got that one's got in our town too which i think is a really cool weird song like they've got they've got like a couple different styles that they do right there's like the really driving stuff there's like the skate punk there's the pop punk there's the really droney kind of like just bass drum focused stuff yeah um yeah man Total yeah, don't even get me started on Osfart. Love that one on the way out. Dude, right? That's like right when they were calling it quits to make one of their best records. Like, what the fuck? So good. <laughs> so good. So, Josh, so how- that, that would be a good entry point for Josh, sorry, because it is, it's got a Ramones core vein going through it. Like, their Hanson brothers is almost showing on Osfart. Um, there's a lot of three chords, super punchy songs on there. So, that might be something we show Josh in the future. Mm-hmm. I've heard a lot of their stuff. I just, I can't name off every song on their albums, but how how excited are you when you heard that uh, Alternative Tentacles was going to be re- repressing all their stuff and getting it out there to make it more accessible? So excited! So <laughs> yeah, I bought. I've I've immediately bought every repress they've done so far. Like the second it's available, I'm just like buy it, give, <laughs> give it to me right now. <laughs> Amazing! It's always cool to hear when like Canadian legends are so beloved and other nations yeah man like for me like yeah we all grew up on snfu and all those bands so it's always cool when somebody just name drops them as an influence from from yeah. the states or europe or wherever yeah i mean yeah canada's put out some some fucking killer bands yeah i, I loved snfu um i remember i caught doa as a young kid they played there was a big music festival in seattle that sucks now but used to be awesome called bumbershoot and doa came bump played Bumbershoot one year and um that was another situation where it's like I didn't know DOA I just knew that I had seen that name in the alternative tentacles catalog I was like okay well I'll go watch that and I mean it's fucking DOA of course they destroyed right it was amazing have you read his book no I have not I didn't know it's really good yeah it's it says he wrote it I mean (laughs) but but it's I don't know it's just a super easy read and it's super interesting just reading about his like them playing like biker festivals when they're like teenagers and like hoping they weren't going to get murdered and they only actually had five songs so they just played them over and over again for like two days straight it's pretty cool shit back when punk rock was dangerous 
Yeah. That, and I mean, yeah. That book, I Shithead, has a similar format to the No Means No book as well. There's tons of pictures, like full color stuff. And yeah. or is the is is the No Means No have color or just back in black and white? Oh yeah. Um, it's mostly black and white, but there's a okay. like they'll have like full page spreads of like um just concert posters that are all full color that are beautiful. Cool, 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 cool. Good yeah. book. That's a good book, Josh. I Shithead. Yeah. I like it. I'm definitely intrigued. I love reading. I'll read a biography on any any musician, so one that important, I'm definitely definitely yeah. into it. But we should we should uh, scoot into our everybody's favorite section of the show. What do you say, Ty? What's this part called? This part is called the pressure cooker. Oh fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm already cooking. I'm already feeling it. All right, John. So the name of the game is the pressure cooker. Basically, I'm going to read you ten questions as fast as I can, like rapid fire style, okay. family feud style, yeah. and you just don't think about it too much. Just spit out the first thing that comes to mind. Oh man, I'm so... really bad at not thinking. <laughs> I'll do my best. <laughs> All right. Keep in mind, I. Uh... I made up these questions before I knew you in any way, shape, or form. So okay. if any of them are way out to lunch, I apologize in advance. But are Favorite you ready? Shark attack. Favorite <laughs> of no means no. Yeah, okay. I'm ready. Exactly. <laughs> All right, here we go. Halloween or Christmas? Halloween. What's the best Dead Kennedy song? Oh, oh fuck. I think it's Buzz Bomb. I think I'm going to go with Buzz Bomb. That sounds good. Uh, what was your first car? Volvo station wagon. Nice. And here's a Seattle question. Sean Sean Kemp or Ken Griffey Jr.? Oh, Kemp. <laughs> best restaurant best restaurant in Calgary. R- restaurant in Calgary? Oh. Um, call me the smokehouse? Get the burn ends. Get the burn ends. They're so good. <laughs> Where is the furthest south you've ever been? Been or played? Either or. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> that was good Alice Cooper or Twisted Sister Twisted Sister well no Alice Cooper oh fuck I don't know <laughs> Pressure Cooker I will say Pressure oh, Cooker's getting to him man He's I'm, bad at these, I'm bad at these kind of games I will say Alice and Cooper and Twisted Sister are both great and both suck <laughs> awesome good answer good answer uh, what's the best city in the Pacific Northwest Seattle what's the best Jim Carrey movie Dumb and Dumber all right, and the last question. Fender, Gibson, or other? Oh, Fender. Fender all the way. And that concludes another rendition of The Pressure Cooker. And don't worry, we're going to put in, like, exciting music in the background to really, really jazz it up. Clock. Picking <laughs> clock. All right, all right. Sounds good. <laughs> I didn't know because you, you never uh, said anything about liking sports, but those are pretty household names back in the 90s, so I figured. Yeah. You yeah. probably would know about those guys. <laughs> I do. I know about those guys. Um and I don't know which one is actually technically better for their craft. I just don't like baseball, so I don't want to give Ken Griffey Jr. any any accolades. <laughs> That's great. I actually went to uh, Seattle slash Tacoma. Went to that uh, Punk and Drublick fest. Oh, cool! Back yeah, in July. That? Yeah, it was awesome. It was well, it was super expensive and hot, but mm-hmm. and you had to wait in line for like an hour to get a beer. But other than that, the music was good and it was good vibes. But we nice. actually went to uh, uh, Mariners game 
and because uh toronto like the blue jays were there and i guess yeah. every time the blue jays play in seattle it's like your city is like overran by like canadian blue jays fans yeah. so it, yeah. i walk in there and i was like i thought it was a fucking home game for the blue jay like it was insane like, couldn't even move so i think everybody that's like a seattle fan is just like yeah you guys can have the arena for the so i only went to the one game but it was kind of cool but there was also a taylor swift concert or something there so everybody's oh yeah like oh my we're wife. in town for we're in town for for a concert. They're like oh Taylor Swift. No, <laughs> oh, I remember that. That that weekend was fuck was a fucking nightmare. It was I imagine the, for the locals. It probably really Mariners sucked. game. There's Taylor Swift show. And there was something else huge happening in town that day or that weekend as well. There's Canadians everywhere. Like Canadians no, I remember, home. dude. I was down there. I was trying to get on sexadvisor.com, and it was just yeah, not trying happening. to find a good brothel. <laughs> it was just not happening, you know. <laughs> You know, if only you had five more brothels. <laughs> brothels were at max capacity that weekend. I should have stayed in Vancouver. I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so what? What are you most excited about? I know you're not as hard into the scene as when you were younger, but mm. like, are you seeing encouraging things in the music scene that that like other bands and stuff happening that you're you approve of? Yeah, yeah, I am. Um, <clears throat> so I don't. I don't get out to a ton of shows as much as I used to when I was a spry young lad. Um, <laughs> so I don't, I don't get to see a lot of the bands that sort of like come on my radar, but um, yeah, there's like, there's cool shit happening. There, like, like I said, um, in Seattle, there's a new record label that we're part of called satanic royalty and Freiburger seems to know what's up. I mean, he's he's signed some pretty cool bands that are that are all really good. I think one of my favorites on the label is a new band from around here called Dark Meditation, um, and they are they're not young, they're our age, uh, but they uh, they're playing like some really cool like sort of that mid to late '80s metal. Like there's like this point where it like was just crossing over out of like pop and glam metal and heavy metal into like harsher more darker stuff and there's this like middle point like danzig danzig's first album where it's like just in between mm -hmm. and there's a bunch of bands that sort of like came from that that style in that time period and dark meditation is like doing that specific time point and it's really cool um so i like that a lot uh there's um there's some cool punk bands around here um there's there's a band of like really young kids. I haven't heard of anything of them doing anything for a while. There's a band called Criminal Justice Center from Seattle, um, and they would only play all ages shows. And they're very young. Um, I never saw them, but I have their record, and it's fantastic. And it's like really brutal power violence, um, similar to like Crossed Out and Iron Lung, which I love. Like I love really extreme punk and metal you can't hear it in sandrider at all um but i it's music that i like a lot um and i heard about this band criminal justice center and they're really good and they're really young um and they released a fantastic album i don't know if they're still playing though because i haven't heard of them doing anything in a while but yeah there's some there's some cool shit happening here some cool shit happening in general so so when you were starting out as a band like like what do you guys do like in your region, like what are the, what's the little route you would do? So you're like, we're ready to leave Seattle. Like, is it like Portland or where do you guys go? <laughs> you didn't leave. I mean, not, not uh, now, but back in the day when you first oh, started. Back in the day. 
No, yeah, back in the day, it was just kind of like, um, like play every show you can everywhere you can. Um, it was really just like, yeah, just play, just play for the love of playing and like enjoy it. And um, yeah, I mean, you know, we had, we had Olympia when Akimbo was first starting, like Olympia was sort of like not quite the Mecca that it was, um, but still had a, a little bit of that spark of sort of like the famous Olympia from like back in like the, you know, K records and kill Rockstar glory days. Um, and that's only an hour away. So we could play Olympia. We knew we could get up to Vancouver. Uh, Portland is a three hour drive. That was easy to go to. Um, and, you know, uh, basically playing as much in town and Olympia, Portland, Vancouver, um, doing that a whole bunch until eventually we had enough contacts to like book a tour. Um, and again, this was like in the early, early days of the internet when we started booking our first tour. So it was, it was well before MySpace or any sort of networking happening was happening. And, um, yeah, I think our first tour was, we booked most of it on the phone, just getting phone numbers from people like, here's a guy who lives in Los Angeles, call him. He might be able to give you a show. <laughs> You're going to have to mail him a tape of your band. You know? <laughs> Man, it's gotten a lot easier. Yeah. It's way different now. <laughs> what is it that Mike said? He used to have to like steal calling cards or whatever. Cause oh, yeah. it used to cost so much money to call outside your city back in yep. the eighties, nineties. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's all sorts of calling card scams you could use. Yeah. <laughs> I guess there was some sort of book that was going around. That would have been before your time, but like nope. how to how to book the tours it. or you use it called, too oh, cool. yeah it's called book your own fucking life and we use that for a couple tours in the early oh it's awesome yeah. yeah that's crazy yeah it's always always jealous up here because we just like there's just so many people in cities in america right like you can hit up so many like relevant cities in a short amount of time depending on the area of course like but yeah. like that when you talked about the northeast or whatever with like pittsburgh new york city yeah, Philly, North, so many Northeast, East Coast, like Southeast. Those are all great, great spots. Midwest for touring bands, like you can just hit like major city after major city, um, and have great shows in all those places. The yeah. Northwest, actually, if you look at a lot of American tour routing, like Northwest gets cut out a lot because you kind of just have like Seattle, Portland, Vancouver in terms of like major markets and i hate the term market but in terms of like mm -hmm. major cities you can play where you probably can play like a decent place and get a bunch of people to come out um but other than that it's like a huge drive east or south to get to like you know south your first big city is going to be san francisco that's 14 hours east your first big city is going to be fuck like minneapolis that's like 20 hours um oh, you know if you go southeast you can maybe hit like reno but that's not a big city like it's yeah, it's a rough spot for touring bands. There's a lot of American tours where, like, I'll be like, oh, fuck yes. Like, Converge is coming through. What's the route? Nope, not coming to Seattle. <laughs> you know, it's just Whoa. almost like a dead zone, eh? Yeah. Well, how many times, Ty, when you were growing up, you, you know, a big band you liked would announce Canadian American tour. And then you look at the dates Toronto, Montreal, maybe Vancouver. Like, yeah. for the longest time, it's just they pop up Toronto, Montreal, yes. then pop back down to America. It's like, you're calling that a Canadian tour? Like, Leaving out, so we we feel your pain in Western Canada. <laughs> yeah. We didn't get. Now we do, but back in the day we didn't get him at all. This is almost too stupid to mention, but 
this is kind of my job on this show. John, mm. what would you say if I told you I had another game planned before the shark game and before the other game that I'm going to do, and that game involved the band Converge? What would you say if I told you that? I'd say I'm here to drink beer and play games, and I'm all out of beer. <laughs> Go get another beer. Go get another beer. Dude, I, I seriously had a, a question planned that said it was about i was going to recycle an old game where it was about bands that committed crimes and it was about the guy from coheed and cambria and the guy from converge i love it and so i don't know i think i feel like we're on a wavelength here we're on like a similar <laughs> you thing, guys just man. become best friends i think so <laughs> i think so take well, a hike norm there's a new best friend in town i know i know See you later, norm. <laughs> okay. i do think when, when, when two no means no fans meet in the wild like something special <laughs> happens right yes Yes. Okay. Keep talking about what you're talking about. Don't let my stupidity and crazy awesome coincidences <laughs> um, stop you. Well, if you want to do one last game before we let him go, yes, I do. We can't keep him all night. I know he said he had us. He has us for a while, but do got to let the guy go to bed at some point in his life. So this is, uh, you know, I've enjoyed your having you on the show immensely, John, and uh, I'd love to hear more stories from you. But you know, it's only you, and there's three people in your band, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you got Norm and then somebody else. Uh, Jesse. I imagine Jesse. Yeah. Joey. He doesn't have. He doesn't have to be named Jesse. Jordy. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Norm. Jordy and Norm. Norm and Jordy. <laughs> and uh, so s- since they aren't here, I want to just kind of learn a bit more about uh, all of you guys as a band. So I have some questions. Okay. And uh, a lot of these have to do a little bit with touring, but I know you said Soundwriter has not toured a ton, but you know, maybe maybe some of these could apply to Kimbo back in the day when you guys were making the rounds. I have, so, I have done many tours. Let's go. Question <laughs> number one. It's sound check time. Which one of you is most likely to be nowhere to be found and why? Uh, for sound check, it's probably me. And it's not for a fun reason. I'm usually late. Even though I go to great lengths to not be late, I usually end up being late. Uh, we did a really cool show with botch for their reunion situation things um and i was late to sound check for that and that was in tacoma and i ran down three flights of stairs holding merch boxes in my amps and i put them on stage and then i realized i still oh i had illegally parked on the street and this was in the middle of like downtown tacoma and i was like okay i need to go park my car and the whole band is waiting for me to do sound check so I run back up the stairs and I get in my car and I drove a few blocks away from the first parking spot I could and I parked my car and um, so I just turned 43. I was 42 at the time. I sprinted, sprinted from my car to the venue and like 42 year olds do not and should not sprint. And the whole time I was thinking like, I'm gonna trip and fall and break something and all of this will have been a waste. <laughs> you want it you want it for sound check or you want it for the show right yeah yeah um and then you just got on stage and <gasps> yeah couldn't sing for first exactly yeah and you guys ever song. do you guys ever do that thing as an old guy where where you're crossing the street and you try to like gingerly sprint but you kind of roll your ankle just a little bit yes it's like oh i hate yeah. that i hate that yeah, I have, we could do a whole other podcast about my ankle okay. problems. Okay, okay. <laughs> question, question number two. Question number two, John. Who snores the loudest in the band? Me. Also me. Definitely me. Also, John, I'm seeing a trend here. Yeah, okay. yeah. Uh, next up. Um, 
Do you have a no piss jug policy in the tour vehicle? <laughs> no, we don't, but we never had piss jugs because we're like decent humans. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about trail park boys off the air yeah. while you were pissing. So you said you should have had a piss jug. <laughs> yeah, I think like piss jugs have happened in our tour van over the years, um, but we were really good. We were really good about living together because that's what you're doing you're living together right and not being not going like full hobo when you're in the van that's, that's probably not a very good term to use anymore but no that's good advice you never go full hobo in the yeah van. I, <laughs> yeah understand. I, I, like there's I a certain that. amount of respect for your your companions that you have to do there and like the piss jug is fine but like when someone uses the piss jug and you're driving and like the window's down like everybody smells it and the guy next to him probably got a splash and that's not cool it's not it's not respectful to your bandmate no it's not cool okay. um okay uh next question so um bands on the road you know you can't always cook your own food a lot of the times you have to go to a restaurant eat some food um so in the band two two tier question who is the picky eater in the band but then also who consistently makes the best order at a restaurant? Like if you guys go to a restaurant, is there one person that's always happy with their order or mm -hmm. one that's always upset? Who's the picky eater and who, who's the best food orderer? I would say Jesse, our bass player is unfortunately the most picky eater. He's a vegan um, and he's outnumbered because Nat and I are not vegans. And so he's usually unfortunately left to figure out what to order on the menu. And we feel bad every time, but it hasn't really changed our behavior. So we're probably not that good bandmates to him. Um, but yeah, so he's unfortunately the most picky eater. Um, I think I'm usually pretty happy with what I order. I'm not, I'm not a, I'm not a complicated man. I can That's the burger. secret to a good order. Don't, yeah. don't make it complicated. Eggs and bacon. I don't know. Okay, perfect, perfect. Okay, last question. Between the three of you, how many knives do you carry on stage to perform? Uh, I usually have one knife. Matt's probably got two. Um, I don't know if Jesse has knives. Jesse smokes a lot of pots. So he might have a knife. All right, is that just like a like a pocket knife in the pocket, or you got like the holster on the back, or? Yeah, no, just just little utility knives. Yeah. Okay. You call that a knife? No, I, I would not knife. call it a knife. No. I would That's call a spoon. it utility blades, sir. You know what? You, you you shocked me. I was honestly expecting the answer to be zero. You shocked me. That's what, five <laughs> knives? Did you just say yeah. five knives? Fuck a Stab the shit out of you. <laughs> okay, that's the end of my questions. Thank All you. All right. <laughs> awesome. You got anything else you're dying to know there, Mr. Ty? I got it all out, buddy. I got it all out. <laughs> I just you wanted done? to know about those knives. It took me all night, wanna, but I got it out of them. I just want to party with you, and I'll bring my knife sharpener. It'll be a great time. Oh, man. I'll have a good time. Let's sharpen some knives. It'll be great. Well, I'm definitely going to be watching for your next your next cruise to uh, Calgary. Maybe you'll bop down to Red Deer, where I live. It's only an hour away. Maybe. We're, <laughs> we're talking about trying to make it up to a sled island at some point, so we might do that. That would have to be next year, then, unless you've that or slide down in the one in the summer oh yeah the there's summer. there's winter option or winter something okay yeah there's one that's yeah. like next week because we were trying to book a show in calgary way. and they're like 
like, what are you talking about? There's this going on. Like, oh, fuck. <laughs> so <laughs> we left the city. But yeah, for sure. I definitely would love to catch you guys live and crush a beer. Let's do it. If you're down. Yeah, oh, man. Do you, I'm down. You got anything else you want to you wanna hype before we let you get on with your life? Um, I will. Yeah, I'll, I'll hype some hypes. What's the point of a podcast if we can't hype some stuff, right? Um, I be surprised have... how many times a guest forgets to hype their shit. Be like, dude, <laughs> yeah, I'll hype two things. So, um, I also have been involved with a podcast. We've been a little bit dormant for a bit, but we plan on picking it up soon. It's called Tomorrow We Die, and it's about um, it's conversation is very conversational, like this interview has been, and it's with touring musicians telling crazy stories from the road. So it's less about their band and their music, and it's more about what kind of bullshit have you lived through? Um, you know, staying at weird houses, playing weird clubs, dealing with border patrol, dealing with shitty cops harassing you. Um, those kind of stories, the kind of wild, crazy stories that only happen when you're a poor person just trying to go out there and play a show in some shitty club. It's called Tomorrow We Die. It's on all the major platforms. Um, and I'm pretty stoked with a bunch of those episodes. Uh, so I will hype that. And then I also, um, I started a solo project a couple of years ago. Um, it's called Nuclear Dudes. We have a band camp. Um, it's just me, but I've, there are a couple of people collaborated with, uh, with, um, sounds nothing like Sandwriter. It's like, it's really fast, brutal synth grind. <laughs> oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, it's like extreme metal with synthesizers, basically. Oh, cool. That's it. You really are not pigeonholed. <laughs> <You're just> like, <laughs> I will not, I will not, <laughs> will not be contained. <laughs> I love it, man. <laughs> awesome. And of course, so you have a brand new album coming out or it's uh, already out? I can't remember. The new Soundwriter. No, yeah, uh, the seven is, inch that's out. It's already out. The already seven out. inch just came out recently and the new album came out last year. Perfect. Make sure you go check it out, everybody listening. Please. I was spinning you guys all day today and and Akimbo. Oh, thank you. I hope so it was inexpensive. So you're you're welcome for the point <laughs> one three cents that'll be showing up in your oh yeah Ooh, in yeah. your bank account in six months. <laughs> Any day now, I'm gonna be able to buy a new knife. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just send you a knife, man. The Canadian, awesome. what do they call that? The the Kamloopsian handshake. <laughs> handshake the Kamloops handshake that's when we sell you a monogrammed knife you know John I actually had some meaningful questions about you know your approach to music as a three-piece and have you ever had a second guitarist but I talked about a bunch of other stupid bullshit instead and I'm gonna have to live with that so I think it's I mean I think you you made the right choice there (laughs) or you know what he just comes back in a bit yeah he talks and talks a little more and then we forget to ask to ask those questions again that's that's the way it works (laughs) (laughs) Anytime. <laughs> all right john um i guess the last thing i need from you is one last song you want to hear oh yeah um let's do that so uh i was thinking in the back of my head some of the stuff that we were talking about so um a more more punk bands this is a punk show um but they're not a traditional punk band but they're pretty fucking good um they are playing now um as in they're con- currently playing I think there may be one of two actual good bands on Sub Pop Records. Um, Pissed Jeans. I don't know if you guys know Pissed Jeans. 
I've um, heard of them. They have a new album coming out. Uh, I've only heard one single off of it. It sounds pretty good. But one of my favorite songs for Piss Genie is off the album Why Love Now, and it's called Worldwide Financial Analyst. And this song kicks so much ass. And I love Piss Jeans for the opposite reasons I love Nomi's No. It's because Piss Jeans can take the simplest idea of a song, but make it kick so much ass that you can't believe it. And their songs are just so basic and simple, but they fucking hit like a truck. And that song is a very good example of what they're very good at. Sounds good to me, man. Do you have any objections, Ty? No, I look overruled. Overruled. Oh, dirty dog. Awesome, John. Well, we really appreciate taking the time, man. Best of luck with all of your uh, your uh, activities for 2024. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me on. I I appreciate uh, your roster of guests, and it's an honor to be included among them. Hell yeah, man. We're very happy to have you. So it's a yeah. really good time. Thank you. Thanks. Likewise. For Make sure you stay in touch with Ty and talk about No Means No. I will. I'm, I am going to go get that book. I will. I will list. talk about No Means No with anyone, especially a fellow fan. That I don't have to convince. Oh, <laughs> <great. laughs> yeah, John. Well, you have a great night, man. We'll, <laughs> we'll chat again very soon, I hope. All right. All right. Goodbye. Peace. Later. John from the greatest band in the world, Sandrider, and you are listening to the only Denim Radio. And that's gonna be a wrap for episode 025. Yeah. What'd you think of that one, buddy? Had a great time. Great time. Great interview. Yeah, man. I can like see your boner popping up into the screen from a, a real life in the wild no means no fan you didn't even need to bring it up because you definitely shoehorn them into every conversation if you can and this guy brought it out and you're just like Shh. bring it up shoehorn these are all highly sexually charged terms you're throwing <laughs> at me. That's, that reminds me of uh good old chris hansen you were having a very sexually charged conversation <laughs> with a 12 year old girl and guy shows up he's got a six pack of vex coolers and some like <laughs> fucking lifestyle small condoms or whatever <laughs>
Have you seen the one where the guy brought a birthday cake and then some Pepto-Bismol? It's like, this guy's getting down. But anyways, we don't, we don't need to talk about that. Why don't you take a seat and we'll continue on with this yeah. conversation? No, 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 no. Take, take a seat. You take a seat. <laughs> don't you, no, you take a seat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyways, yeah, I enjoyed that conversation. Super cool dude. And so random that he just like, they get freaking flown into Calgary all the time. That's And it, I totally fucked that up because I had stumbled across that they were going there. I thought that was cool. And then I thought I still had time because I was thinking like, oh, I should probably go try to try to check it out. But it already happened. So, but it sounds like it's something that they would want to come back. So I will uh, definitely try to meet up with those dudes and at least John at some point in my life. Hey, man, it's me from the radio. You want to hang out? Oh, fuck this guy. Do, 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 do. <laughs> yeah. Do, do, do. Um, but yeah, actually, it was funny. I didn't really get a chance to interject because unlike you, I don't like to interrupt the guests. I was kidding. I, uh, when he was talking about like the alternative tentacles catalogs that you would get, like he said, like the CD would just be this fat stack and you, and there would just be like that mail order fucking thing. Like that was actually how I got like the first probably 10 punk shirts of my life was like, you know, whether it was fat records or nitro records, you'd buy one of those sampler CDs, like go ahead, punk, make my day or whatever, or physical fatness or whatever. And then they would have that little thing in there. So I remember like me and my brother and a couple buddies like going through and like picking what we wanted, filling out the thing. And my mom would have to go and get us a money order. So we'd like pool our money together. She'd go get it, prepare it for us. Then we'd mail that. So it'd take fucking God knows how long to get down to California. And then we'd have to wait, no tracking or anything. And all of a sudden when that fucking mail showed up and you had all these cool shirts, like that was like, next fucking level for us like that was so exciting <laughs> i can't think of any you know obviously i've had exciting moments in my life but like that feeling of seeing that package come in back then because we waited so long as it took fucking forever it was just like like money orders you remember those fucking things did you ever have to order anything with a money order <laughs> oh yeah no i could picture you doing that <laughs> you know i could picture you ordering like the uh get buff program from the back of comic books you know the one back in the day when it no, had the no, bully no. kicking sea sand monkeys. in the kid's sea face monkeys. on the beach like that was you right <laughs> and, and you probably got you got your mom to drive you to the post office and order the like buff up kit but you know i don't i don't okay i don't want to interrupt but Yes, no, that is amazing. And that was an amazing time in music when you, you could send a dollar somewhere or just even send a self-addressed stamped envelope somewhere and get something back in the mail, right? You know? Yeah. I Yeah, it was pretty fucking amazing because, yeah, I lived in, like, the middle of the woods. So every now and then, you know, you go to Saskatoon, you could go to, like, I don't know what the store, if it would have been HMV or Sam, the record man, you know, like whatever it was around, they, they would have a few shirts. I mean, I got a, I remember buying a Pennywise shirt, but then it's like three other people in the school had that same shirt. Cause it was the only one, right? <laughs> so like when we ordered these ones from, from California directly, like nobody else had those shirts. So it was like, yeah, I'm fucking being original by wearing a band. That's not my own. <laughs> like, Hell yeah. It was a, I don't know. It's a cool, it was a cool memory. And it like unlocked when he, he was mentioning like those old, cause I wouldn't mind. Uh, I was thinking of doing that too. Cause we're uh spoiler alert. I'm sure we've talked about it, but 
uh, High End Denim is going to release a compilation, and I think something like that would be cool, like an actual, like do a little booklet just to put into all these, if or just throw in the the comp to any orders that we get and stuff, and just help. Because I mean, he's he's right, right? Like you, you would just pick like the coolest looking thing. Like I remember I bought this Guttermouth shirt that had like a flaming pumpkin on a fucking lawnmower, so like riding lawnmower. Like, I'm like, that is the coolest shirt I've ever seen. So I bought it, right? Like, I, I guess I would have been listening to Guttermouth back then, but it was just, you just bought the coolest looking thing, right? Things so, were worth far more back then because they were less attainable. Now you could get whatever you want yeah. off the internet and thousands of shirt designs that are unlicensed and haven't even been made yet. They're just whatever yeah. you could get, whatever you want. But back then, if you could get your hands on something that resonated with you, that meant something, right? 100%, man. Like, I've actually like, because I like collecting like dumb toys and like vintage weird shit. But like it came to a point where I'm like, I'm not going to order any more of this shit off the internet. Like if I stumble across it at a garage sale or a flea market or something cool, then I can have it. But like, I don't know. It's, I mean, it's super cool that you can, if you like, like I'll, I would just love to have this fucking Nintendo game from fucking the 80s, right? Knowing that you can find it somewhere on eBay or whatever and get it. That is super cool, but there's also something really rad about, you know, it's just like how Spotify is kind of, it's cool to find music that way, but there's something about digging through the fucking, the used CD bin and grabbing this $2 fucking random punk CD you never heard. And then you end up finding something really cool. Like, I don't know. It's just a, it's a bygone pass, but. Too, too long. Didn't read. Get the fuck off our lawn, kids. <laughs> We're old and we like things the way they used to be. So fuck off. I, I love having every fucking song in the world on a little box in my fucking car rather than having to change CDs or, you know, having to burn. Even burning CDs is a, like the stepping stone, right? But I definitely enjoy the access accessibility to the music and stuff. And I mean, not everybody can afford to buy a thousand CDs. Like, but it's true. It's just, I don't know. There's something special about it. And, there, and there's still record stores out there, so I'd definitely try to get out when I can, but the punk section isn't always massive. That's true. It should be bigger. And and that's why you're one of the number one contributors to punktorrents.com. <laughs> Is that still a thing? I'm so if you, if you all have seen your band on punktorrents.com, I think it was Josh. He uploaded it. <laughs> there's a... Yeah, there was a blog that I don't know when to name names, but they were notorious for for doing that. But in their brains, they're like, "Well, I was bringing your music to you know hundreds of people, or thousands of people." I'm like, "Yeah, but you're they're not getting any money for it." Because like, they were like Pennywise or something, like told them to take it down, and they were like pissed off, like "Fuck you, all of you labels and bands that told me not I couldn't share your shit." It's like I don't know, man. Like, I mean, we play songs on here i don't buy them all like i get them however ways but i mean if a band came to me and said hey i don't want you playing our shit on your show i guess i would comply right i mean so it's the south park model it's the south park model it works the system works yeah i'd always like we said we believe in uh begging for forgiveness rather than asking for permission around here it's the way i live my life (laughs) i I got my teeth knocked out a lot and have numerous black eyes and scars on my face. But you know what? I lived, <laughs> damn it. I lived. Still working. <laughs> All right, man. Well, unless if you don't have anything else to talk about. Oh, I got a song. I think I got one more song. To oh, the yeah. Show. Let's hear a song. Uh, just to cap this night off. 
If you're going to be dumb, you got to be tough by Roger Allen Wade, please. No, I don't think so. <laughs> All right. Well, I tried. <laughs> All right, man. This has been Josh. Anti. And this has been Denim Radio. We will catch you guys again in one week's time. We will Bye. see you then. Bye-bye. If you're gonna be dumb, you gotta be tough When you get knocked down, you gotta get back up I ain't the sharpest knife in the drawer, but I know enough to know If you're gonna be dumb, you gotta be tough I lit my brain with rot gut whiskey Till my pain was chicken fried And I had dudes with badges frisk me Teach me how to swallow pride I took advice no fool would take I got some habits I can't shake I ain't the sharpest knife in the drawer, but I know enough to know. If you're gonna be dumb, you gotta be tough. If you're gonna be dumb, you gotta be tough. When you get knocked down, you gotta get back up. That's the way it is in life and love. If you're gonna be dumb, you gotta be tough. Up and down and down and out I've been left and right and wrong Well, I walk the walk and I run my mouth Been on that short end for too long But if they gave medals for honky-tonk wars Hell, I'd keep mine in my chest of drawers with my IRS bills and divorce papers and all that stuff. Help you gonna be dumb, you gotta be tough. If you're gonna be dumb, you gotta be tough. When you get knocked down, you gotta get back up. I ain't the sharpest knife in the drawer, but I know enough to know. If you're gonna be dumb, you gotta be tough. If you're gonna be dumb, you gotta be tough. That's cool, that's cool, that's cool, that's cool. No, I no, I wanna talk about no means no, but I just gotta piss real quick. Is that okay? <laughs> Don't you leave this in the show, motherfucker. Don't you leave this in the show. I'll be quick. Uh, uh, whoa, whoa. Yeah, Sergio.